Hello, welcome to Giga Ohms Voices and Innovation. My name is Johnny Baldisberger, and with me today Just is listen. Enrico Signoretti, uh, our analyst on data storage and lots of other cool technologies. And today we're going to be talking about his report, Key Criteria for Evaluating Unstructured Data Management. Hi, Enrico. Hi, Johnny. Good morning. Good morning. You know, it, it's strange. It feels like I just spoke to you moments ago. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> <it's all> <laughs> we're, uh, we're recording a couple of episodes back to back, and uh, <laughs> we literally just got a glass of water between episodes. So, uh, Enrico, I'm going to ask you what might be a very simple question, but what is the difference between structured data and unstructured data. Okay. Yes, sure. Structured data is data that is organized in uh, uh, predictable schemes. So in tables, in, the, in uh, something that is always simple and repeatable somehow. Okay. So that uh, it's easy to search, it's easy to, uh, to maintain. And uh, you can think about structured data as databases, for example. Okay. So there are a lot of fields and you uh, fill up the, the fields with your data, but it's always the same thing. I mean, you have, uh, in the case, for example, of a registry office, okay? So you have a name, some name, uh, where you live probably, and other things like that. They are all identical in, a, in the format, okay? And they are easy to search and easy to, to organize. Uh, as we said, databases, for and uh, unstructured data actually are not uh, organized in the same way. So the, you can have in the same data repositories several different uh, types of data, like for example, uh, Excel files and uh, Word files and uh, pictures. Okay, they are all different in format, in size, in, uh, in scope, in everything. Okay, this is unstructured data. Yeah, so it, it, there is no predefined data model. Okay, you know, that sounds similar to what I was reading about the difference between data lakes and data warehouses. Uh, obviously different concepts, but uh, similar in kind of overarching philosophy. Yes, so, somehow uh, with a, even if it's an oversimplification, we can say uh, data warehouse is more structured and, and the data lake is less structured. So you have different sources uh, filling up this data lake and you, you have, you know, something that is more a blob than a, a schema that you can uh, uh, navigate. So you have, there's a lot to digest in this report. Um, so with structured data, databases are a very clear, obvious uh, use case, right? What would be a use case or purpose of unstructured data management? Well, if you think about uh, unstructured data management, okay, you think about uh, uh, probably a lot of repositories in your organizations, okay? and you start filling up these uh, repositories. Most of the time, we are talking about files. 
and uh, sometimes about objects. And you are starting to um, save your data in, uh, in different repositories. And over time, it becomes very, very complicated to have an idea of what is happening in your infrastructure. For example, dark and orphanage data. Think about somebody leaves the company. You delete uh, his uh, data from the uh, directory service, so from LDAP, okay? And, but his files remain in the systems. They don't belong to anybody, okay? Nobody will access them probably anymore, but they are there. And they are uh, occupying some space and they are, uh, you are continuing to backup them and everything. So you can think about this as orphanage data or even you can have dark data. You don't know that you have some data stored somewhere, okay? It's in your systems, but you lost control. You don't really know even if it's important data, if you need it. And uh, they just sit there somewhere in a, in a file server or in a, in a NAS filer in your organization, in your on-premises data center or in the cloud. Okay. And there are several other problems. One is security. Okay. If you lose control of your data, of course, you are exposed to cyber attacks. Meaning, do you know who has access to your data? Do you know what they are doing with your data? Okay. So if you don't have control, it becomes very hard to understand if uh, somebody's changing your data, is encrypting your files, like in the ransomware attacks. And uh, all of this, of course, leads to increasing costs, okay? So who is using your data? How they're using it? Uh, do you need to move data to, you know, less expensive uh, repositories? Okay, are you spending too much money to access data to uh, slow repositories uh, so that the latency is too big and, and people are waiting for, for accessing their data? Or even compliance. Uh, I, I always think about GDPR because we in, in Europe have GDPR, but actually more and more similar kind of uh, regulations are uh, surfacing everywhere and um, and and the problem is, are you compliant? Uh, do you have the, the right tool to understand what's in your data? Are you storing data that you, that you shouldn't store? I mean, think about social uh, uh, <clears throat> security numbers, okay? And uh, credit card numbers and these kind of things. Do you want to store this data? Can you store this data? Is this data encrypted? So can you answer to all these questions? This is one of the many use cases for unstructured data management. And of course, and of course there are some higher level angles like uh, improving productivity, uh, building a better business strategy, but just because you know your data, you know what you're storing, you know what is necessary, what is not, uh, you can set up better policies and so on. So there is a lot going on around unstructured data management. What are the key things an enterprise should look at when they're considering unstructured data management solutions? So there are a couple of important aspects about unstructured data management. Okay, in our research, we found that 
there are at least uh, two ways to see unstructured data management. One is that is more infrastructure focused, okay? And uh, uh, there are a lot of, um, and there are a lot of use case, uh, sorry. Uh, one is that, that is more infrastructure focused and the other one that is more business focused. So if you concentrate your effort on, uh, on uh, the container of the data, so the storage systems, the infrastructure, you will probably target uh, automatic dealing, uh, information life cycle, data copy management, analytics, and index searching at the metadata level. So the files, okay? But the more you go to the, to the content and the more you want to organize the content, you think more about business uh, related cases. For example, risk and security management or e-discovery. So making copying for, uh, for a, a legal old, for example, or data governance or uh, uh, getting support of uh, machine learning, AI mechanisms to do even more, okay? So start to, uh, for example, analyze all your data to find uh, uh, quickly all the instances where you, you have a, a reconsignority, for example, okay? And correlate all the information together to, to get a profile so that if reconsignority asks you uh, to be deleted from your uh, repositories because there is the, uh, the right to be forgotten now, uh, you can have a report in minutes instead of weeks. And uh, so these are examples, of course, there are many other examples, especially when you go to uh, risk and security, okay? What happens if you have a system that analyzes what happens in uh, every day on your uh, storage systems? And uh, you can see if something is going wrong, example, Usually you modify 1% <clears throat> of data per day. Today, somebody copied 10% of your data. Maybe it should raise an alarm. Maybe there is a data breach. There is a data leak. There is somebody that is leaving the company and it's copying all your intellectual property and, may, uh, and they may use it uh, in, a, in, a, in a bad way. So there are several uh, options here and it really depends on your focus and really depends on your strategy. When we get down to the actual table stakes, I feel like a lot of it is fairly obvious things to consider. Uh, user experience, analytics and reporting, uh, metadata index and searching, all of that makes a lot of sense. It allows you to organize and find uh, what you're looking for. <laughs> uh, the one that I am less certain about is deployment models. Can you talk a little bit about deployment models? As it happens for many solutions now, it, it, uh, the deployment model is, is very important, but actually for unstructured data management, we are consolidating on uh, uh, two main deployments. One is on-premises. So everything is managed and developed. Sorry, everything is deployed and managed on-premises. So you have uh, your data management solution that insists on local uh, servers and uh, 
uh, works across your on-premises infrastructure. Okay, and maybe there are hooks to the cloud, so the, it can access data to the cloud as well, but most of your data is still on-premises. And then there are SaaS solutions, where of course uh, they are targeted to uh, organizations that have a lot of data in the cloud, they are distributed, so the, the, the data is uh, at the head, on-premises, so at the core of your data center or in the cloud. And really depends also in this case uh, on, uh, on your organization and not uh, on, uh, on how the solution is uh, structured. This is, is why we, we put uh, deployment models in the table stakes instead of uh, in the uh, key criteria. And actually I did have some questions about uh, the key criteria. Um, specifically, I was wondering why compliance and security is key criteria as opposed to table stakes. Well, compliance and security is a very uh, huge topic, okay? And there are several uh, angles on which you, uh, sorry, and there are several perspectives that uh, need to take in, uh, sorry, that you need to take in account to when you evaluate uh, compliance and security. So from my point of view, uh, when uh, it really depends again on your organization, but how these uh, uh, features are implemented are very important. We talked about uh, ransomware protection, for example. Okay, so anomaly detection and the way you implement it, now it's really important. Ransomware are pretty uh, new types of attacks. Okay. A few years ago, nobody were talking about this. And they are very smart, and, uh, and the, the, these attacks can, uh, uh, can stay silent for, for months before starting uh, uh, the, the actual uh, uh, encryption operation. So you need to, to have uh, uh, the best implementation and something that is very agile and flexible to to detect these kind of attacks. And, uh, and this is why I thought about putting this in the key criteria instead of table stakes. There are other things that are important. I mean, especially now that GDPR is so important, as, as I said, uh, other regulations are very similar now in the, in the rest of the world. So you, you want to be sure that all these features are on top of your list now, because it's, it's about uh, saving money, but also it's about in improving processes. And so at the end of the, of the day, it's all about uh, TCO of these solutions and return on investment. In key criteria, you also have application marketplace. Now I'm bringing this up for two reasons. One, it's interesting uh, to know how many different solutions and how many different applications within each solution there is. But I also wanted to mention for the listeners that you fairly recently wrote a blog post on application marketplaces. Uh, so if you want to know more about that overall, you can go to gigaohm.com and if you go to analyst and Enrico Signoretti, uh, you can find his blog post there. But uh, for now, Enrico, tell me a little bit about what people 
will find when they look at application marketplaces in unstructured data management solutions? Yes, as you mentioned, marketplaces are becoming very popular. We, we saw them in the, in the cloud first and many IT vendors are building this kind of marketplaces to simplify finding, deploying and managing solutions for their platforms. And, uh, and now the same concept is adopted by other, you know, uh, verticals, okay? In a structure that management, for example, you, you see more and more vendors adopting this, this concept of the marketplace. So they have a basic set of functionalities because they are uh, sometimes, you know, the, the core of the solution. And then on top of it, uh, because the, well, the totality of the solution out there use APIs to, for uh, external integration. They expose uh, the functionality of, the, of, the, of this data management to third parties, for example. And these third parties can take advantage of it to build uh, on top of it. So uh, you can see, uh, I have the example of Crazy here. They have built a marketplace and they are inviting their partners to uh, to put their application on top of it. So what happens is that uh, uh, easily you can click on the marketplace, you select uh, an application that maybe does something like log analysis, for example, is something that maybe it's not available on the platform, but you need it and you download, it uses the same user interface that you are used to and you can use it. You like it, you can buy it, and uh, or maybe it's free, and uh, and that's it. So you you add uh, functionalities to to your uh, data management platform uh, in a very very easy manner. It sounds to me that understanding your unstructured data is key to being successful. Um, anyone who knows me knows that I'm a fanatic about security and privacy. And the fact that if you aren't watching unstructured data, you are essentially opening yourself up to ransomware attacks uh, or other security breaches is, in my opinion, huge. There are many other table stakes, key criteria, as well as near-term game-changing technology that are we go into in this report that we didn't go into in this conversation. So as you're learning about unstructured data management, I, I urge you to go and just read this whole report. And as a key criteria report, it actually is part of a series. There's also the GigaOM radar, uh, which actually is a market landscape and looks at the various vendors that are out there offering solutions and kind of going in depth on the pros, cons, strengths, and weaknesses of each. So I really do urge you to check those out. Uh, Enrico, you know the drill. How can people get a hold of you and uh, continue to follow your work? Yeah, of course, you can find me on gigam.com. If you search uh, in the analyst tab, you find me and you, in that page, uh, there is my profile, but also all my work for Gigam. So this is the easiest way. And uh, also I'm very active on Twitter. Uh, 
my Twitter handle is uh, asignority, sorry. And, uh, and that's it. This is the uh, easiest way to interact with me. And I'm going to point out that you can go to gigaohm.com and you could buy this report, but you can also subscribe to the reports, which means not only you do not only do you get access to Enrico's fantastic report, uh, you get access to all of Enrico's fantastic reports, but also David Linthicum's, John Collins, Andrew Brust. We have a lot of analysts. I'm not going to name them all, uh, but they're all fantastic at what they do. They're all practitioners. So we're really talking about technology as it's happening and it's coming out. And if you want that future forward advice on IT and technology, subscribing to the GigaOM reports is one of the best ways you can do that. Enrico, thank you so much for joining me once again. And thank you for having me again. Absolutely. And everyone out there, thank you for listening. I am Johnny Baldisberger for GigaOM, and this has been Voices in Innovation. Just listen.